not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of anyone else or this broadcasting service. And now, it's time for Firefox News Online. States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the broadcast. I will have the talking points, which I pre recorded, uh, for you in just a minute. Uh, kind of goofed here a little bit. I forgot to send them over to the clip computer. Well, that's par for the course, you know. When, when you know, doing a live broadcast, sometimes you might forget something. And, uh, well, I forgot something. And, uh, 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 well, uh, yeah, yeah, it just... <clears throat> So give me a second here while I fix this up here. Let's see. I'd click that, do that, and hit that. And uh, maybe uh, this one over here and uh, that one over there and this one and that one, that one, that one. Uh, uh-huh. Let's see. Um, okay. So uh, I guess um, I guess that takes care of that, huh? Uh, let's see. If I do that, now let's see. If I if I if I hit this and then hit that one, uh, let me see here. Uh, okay, I got to move that over there so I can do this over here. Let's see now. Um, let's see uh, this one. Then I gotta hit this one and this one, and uh, this one, that one, and that one. Oh yeah, and it would help if I hit that one. That might help. Uh, let's see, where was it supposed to go here? Oh yeah, over there. 
select that. What the hell here? Gonna make me work for it, huh? So there. Yes, folks. A lot of technical stuff goes on behind the scenes. Don't worry. I've got it all under control, I think. Uh, I'm trying to... Let me see here. Uh, Ooh! Let's see. Open that and cue the talking points. And now, America... It is time for Talking Points. The views and opinions expressed in Talking Points are that of the host and the host alone, and do not reflect the views and opinions of anyone else for this broadcasting service. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is receiving a lot of flack because of his new book, his comments regarding the uh, nursing home scandal. I mean, my God, this man does not seem to understand that he's in deep shit, and the people of the state of New York are the lawnmower. Well, you know what? That doesn't surprise me, because this guy, like his father, Mario Cuomo, doesn't have the brain matter of a dead flea. I mean, let's face the reality, folks. There's talk about him being offered a position in the Biden administration, okay? (laughs) There ain't going to be a Biden administration. Let's get one thing fucking straight. Okay, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. I mean, this joke of a campaign for Joe Biden is a sinking ship. It is truly a sinking ship, and he, Joe Biden, doesn't have the brain matter to realize that. Well, anyway, I digress. So Mario Cuomo raised his sons to be stupid like him. No doubt about that. Just in the last several hours, I have pulled together a group of New York Post articles that, in large part, thanks to Janice Dean, the weather machine, over at Fox News Channel. Now, I don't have much use for Fox News Channel these days, but let's face it, she really hates the governor, (laughs) and I don't blame her. Well, here's the deal. When you look at a Brooklyn nursing home, for example, and you see a casket sitting out in front. (laughs) I'm not kidding, folks. This is not a joke. Okay? Outside a Brooklyn nursing home, a casket filled with 6,500 covers of Cuomo's book. Yeah, I'm not kidding. For those of you that watch on the video platforms, wait till you see this. It's going to blow your ever-loving mind. Oh, but it gets even crazier. Cuomo, and this is why he's in hot water with the Hasidic community, says massive Hasidic wedding ban is in top of list of concerns. Okay. But you basically told the Orthodox community in Brooklyn where they can go in their hats, a governor. Well, there's more to that. 
And believe me, I've got it all sitting right here in front of me. It gets even better. But you see, folks, those two items alone are just the beginning. Oh, yes, they are just the beginning. And let's see. Uh, How about this? How about this? How he says changes to New York COVID-19 restrictions may come this week. This week, folks. More stupidity on the part of the governor. Oh, and it just keeps on coming. Check this out. Andrew Cuomo's leadership is a pack of lies uh, based solely on his new book, American Crisis Leadership Lessons from the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, anybody who is going to profit from this pandemic uh, is a lunatic. Seriously. American crisis, leadership lessons from the COVID-19 pandemic. Governor Cuomo, are you out of your ever-loving bloody mind? I mean, seriously, have you lost it? Have you finally shown that you are insane? Well, the answer to that would probably be yes. I mean, this bozo doesn't know what he's getting himself into, much less out of if he can get out of it at all. New York State, do you see what I'm talking about here? You've got a governor that really sucks. Monkey balls. Now, add insult to injury. And believe me when I tell you, there's more than just this alone, okay? Obviously, running the state into the ground, but yet his little friend in Washington, that wonderfully insane brain, the one I suspect has a martini breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know who she is, folks. Do I have to tell you? Yeah, I better tell you. It's Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House. Yep, the lush herself. I mean, I can't sit here and prove beyond a reasonable doubt that she's a drinker. But but listen, take it from a guy who's got more years sober under his belt than Carter's got liver pills in a bottle. (sighs) She's a lush, and you can see it in her eyes, if you can actually see her eyes. So, yeah, she wants to bail out the blue states that quite literally have screwed themselves into bankruptcy damn near, New York being one of them. Now, how do you explain that one, folks? I mean, isn't that pathetic? That's what's really holding up all of this stimulus that we need in this country. She's the reason it's being held up, not President Trump, this is the Democrats doing. You know, honestly, if you're a Democrat and you're suffering just like the rest of us, maybe you ought to put in a phone call and say, yo, Nancy, Pelosi, fuck you, get off your ass, agree to anything just to get the ball rolling. Or you're going to find yourself out of a job. 
let's hope that happens. When she's up for re-election, pray she's out. Hashtag FFNOP, hashtag FFNOP. Trend this broadcast using that hashtag all over the globe on social media right now. And with that having been said, it is now time, as always, for the rest of the story. Okay. Let's see if we can get this done right today, shall we? I mean, yeah. There's a there's a storm a coming. And it's called Hurricane Trump. Yeah. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Monday night edition of Firefox News Online. The broadcast that asks the proverbial question, are the Democrats really that stupid? Of course, that's a rhetorical question, not really requiring an answer, but, (laughs) yeah, what can I say? They're that, they're that, mm mm-hmm. They're nuts. But hey, you did not hear that from me. All right. So as I brought up in my talking points, outside this Brooklyn nursing home, and I want to I really gotta thank Janice Dean over at Fox News. She's a meteorologist and a New Yorker and a lovely woman and too bad she's married, or I would have asked her out for a date, you know, maybe a date, go to coffee or something like that, you know. But it's, uh, you know, not going to happen, so no sense getting myself all worked up over nothing, right, folks? Well, thanks to her and the New York Post, I've been able to gather together some very interesting items here. I'm going to start with this first one, and it's the casket outside of a Brooklyn nursing home filled with 6,500 covers of Cuomo's book. Yeah. Now, 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 bear in mind, ladies and gentlemen, somebody uh, went to a lot of trouble Okay, they went to a lot of trouble to show this. So, um, of course, now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be in a lot of trouble myself. Uh, trying to. Uh, Locate my favorites when the time comes. I should have just left that alone. Uh, let me see here. Oh yeah, yeah. You're going to want to see this, folks. This you're not going to want to miss out on. All right. Bear with me while I make a few adjustments here. There. Uh, 
Oh, I I know what I did wrong. Sorry, folks. Uh, I boo booed. There. Now, of course. Um, here, take a look at this. For those of you looking at this on the video platforms, I'm going to. Uh, hang on a second here. I need to switch off of it for just a moment. I forgot to share it with Gunslinger in the Mixler chat room. See, now that's just not fair. All right, so here we, here's the link to that picture I'm talking about, Gun. Uh, now we'll just zippity-doo-dah back over to that picture. Now look at this, folks. Remember the, the nursing home scandal here in New York? Um, this was, and, and I'm not kidding, this was by and large a disaster. It was truly a disaster. Now, before I go to the phone lines at 347-945-5747, let's just see if we can't uh, try and fix this now. I can't believe I did that. Wow. Well, there it is. Hey, usually helps to have the right item. But yeah, it, it's it's really strange how Nancy Pelosi, you know, picks her friends. Well, Democrats pick Democrats, but Andrew Cuomo doesn't have any friends, so he had no, no one to really pick from. All right? Seriously, he had truly nobody to pick from. And uh, I'm looking at this at, at this this cover, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, how how stupid does this person have to be to write a book? And, uh, you know, Seriously, are they that insane? But yeah, they're that insane. All right, 402 area code. Go. Hello there. Kim? Hello, yes. Yes. How come Skype's not working tonight? I'm fine. How are you? I uh, had Skype in because my phone doesn't have a lot of juice in it. So I Skyped in oh, to hear you, and I was listening, and then it hung up on me. Okay, there's my, a reason for that. Um, when I was 
saw a blocked number, I, I immediately those I don't take. Uh, the reason for that is because obviously trolls. Mm-hmm. So I had no way of knowing it was you. Because it came up one 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 one. I know it always seems to I don't understand why that is but it was me but this is what I think is really weird when it hung up on me I figured that's probably what happened you just hung up assuming I was a troll when I went to dial back it said that this number is associated with too many callers and it hung up on it wouldn't let me call back in. So I don't know if that's something you did when you dropped to me or what happened. But anyway, no. I just thought it was novel. No, that, that's, it, it that, that's that I don't know why that happened. Try it again. Can you can you try it while you're on your your regular phone? Yeah, just a second. I just have to open my computer again cuz I tried it like three times. So I just closed my computer and figured I'd call in yeah, hang on. Uh, let's see. If... I got to put on one ear of my headset so I can. I got my phone on one ear and I don't some part of my headset on the other. <laughs> All right. Trust me, let's I see. Um, Jim, I, I no doubt in my mind I know that feeling. Ooh. I bet. Okay, I here it goes. No. Okay, it's ringing. The number you're calling has been associated with high volume calling click and that's what it was saying before so but it's weird I didn't have any trouble the first time and then when I got knocked off I keep trying to call back in but it says the same thing and I just quoted it exactly to you she was saying it do you want to hear it again? <laughs> Here, I'll say those um, words again. Just so you know, because someone else... The number you are calling ah, has been associated it, with it high volume... Call. I no, saw the number, one, one, the number was all ones, and it, it, it was on my board. And disappeared. Wait. It just let me in. And it's, it it disappeared. Okay, I'm opening I'm up. Back. I'm opening the line. It worked. Patience and due hey. diligence pay off. Well, that's really weird because anybody would have hung up when it said, "Okay, so how are you?" And yeah, Como is. It's a weird time to be writing a book in the middle of a pandemic when there's so many things he needs to do and I don't know why you'd want to write a book about heroics when everybody knows how many seniors he killed and it was worse than that because their mother you know doesn't live with Andy or (laughs) Chrissy their mother was in a home and they took her out of a facility before he put all those people in to be killed. So I don't know that that was any innocent. He didn't want his mother to die. Well, but that's what I'm saying. I don't think it was innocent and they didn't 
have some idea that it might be dangerous or why take your mom out, you know, if you thought it was okay to do that. And then the other thing when he was, and I'm Italian, so no Italians take offense out there. I can do this because I'm one. But, you know, when he was screaming in the beginning about no PPEs, no this, no that, I mean, he was just raging on about everything. He got a freaking ship and, <laughs> you know, um, an extra hospital thrown up and all the respirators. You know, he said he needed, what, 5 million <laughs> respirators, some ridiculous number. Uh, he got most of those, didn't wind up needing them. Yeah, didn't need the respirators, yeah. didn't need, didn't use the ship and killed a bunch of seniors. And now New York is a freaking mess. Let it get taken over by protesters kept it closed so long and you know this does worry me because i'm in one of the states one of the 13 right now that there's actually 30 that the positivity is going through the roof but there are 13 states and i'm in one of them that the positivity rate the hospitalization rate and the death rate right now are worse than than they've been since the beginning of the pandemic. And it's been 25 days straight that numbers have been like tripling and quadrupling. So, you know, I, I don't know if locking everybody up is the answer or not, but New York kept things locked up so much longer than like, you know, we opened up everything right away. A lot of other states opened up right away and you know the businesses are still so many people went out of out of business and so many people are suffering and you know I got to blame part of that while we're while I can't say and I'm solidly an independent there's some things I really like our president has done some I don't but that's true of every person I know you know I like most of what they do, but I can't say they've never done anything that hasn't made me look cross-eyed for a minute. Mm. But, um, you know, in, in New York and so many other places, if the quarantine, and here, I'll give you an example. I'll give you two really fast ones. They're exactly the same example, but two different places. One's in Minneapolis and one's in Omaha. But um, but New York, you know, nobody has said once you couldn't get CNN to choke or the president to say anything because nobody wants to um, lose any constituents that might be voting for them. But it was a stupid time to pick to have protest and anarchy because it kept the businesses closed longer. So if you are out there thinking about it while you were causing super spread by you can bitch about the rallies, I'll bitch about the rallies, okay? But the protests have been going on since this started. So people were grouped together, not social distancing, not wearing masks. That has helped spread, keep this thing spread. You can't blame it all on the president, okay? Every single fucking protester who's been out there, an anarchist, 
has been doing this. They have been doing this. They're as guilty as Trump is for being out in the middle of doing this. They're also as guilty as they want to make Trump more guilty, more guilty, because he opened the country. But people haven't been wanting to go out and go through an anarchy to get into their favorite local pub or restaurant. And so more businesses have wound up closing, not being able to open out of fear and not wanting a hassle of going through, uh, you know, flying tear tear gas, rubber bullets, people kicking people in the head, knocking them down. You know, that has been a huge blow to the economy. So, you know, you really, there's a lot of this you really can't blame on Trump, but nobody wants to come out and just in case one of those anarchists happens to vote, they don't want to offend them. But you you can't blame all that on Trump. And just as far as Como, I think, you know, this was a stupid time in the middle of a pandemic to write a book when his city's going down the toilet. Between him and de Blasio, they're ruining a state that's been a cameo to our country since the beginning. And now people can't wait to move out of there. And people I know that have loved, that's been a real treat to go go to New York City, <laughs> you know, and do the do the deal, do the shopping, do the deal. And they don't want to go there, you know, now. It's not appealing to them anymore. So they're making people move out of their own state and they're not attracting tourism and they're letting all of this crap go on where people don't feel safe, whether you're a tourist or whether you live there, to try to go into any restaurant or or business, retail shop, because you're not going to cut through 150 anarchists to get in. So yeah, that's it's, my it's, two cents. It's become, well, the, the state of New York has become the hotbed for stupidity uh, for as long as I can remember. Okay? And I, and I live in New York, okay? I, I live I in New York. I, I live in the Hudson Valley. And part of the problem, as I see it, is there is the, uh, there is the, the, the ongoing issue with... Uh, with this governor, and every time the governor's race would come up, uh, up north of me and west of me, tend to go with libertarian candidates, Green Party candidates, because as far as they're concerned, anyone from Dutchess County down is a rhino. Everybody's a rhino, a Republican in name only. And the sad reality is I'm not a registered uh, Republican. I'm registered as an independent, but I vote conservative. And yeah, me too. I got into it one time on Facebook with somebody and basically told them where they can go, where they can go shit in their hat. Politely, but I told them where they can go shit in their hat. <laughs> And the reason this state is in the mess it's in financially is because of Cuomo. And it's like, what what do you what do you want from uh, from Cuomo? Do you do you want 
miracles? Do you want him to be the savior of the state? He's the disaster of the state. He's made this state less safe. De Blasio, being the mayor of New York City, has made New York City less safe because of their actions. And then mm-hmm. an insult to injury, you know, let, let's say my friend Gunslinger here, who's on the line with us, um, let's say he wanted to come to New York to, you know, to meet uh, me or my friend Mike and, uh, and stuff. You know, he don't want to come here because New York is that much of a shithole. It really is. I mean, people are leaving New York at the drop of a hat, and it's not just because of the ridiculous COVID rules and regulations that the governor has laid out, but also because of the the, the, the stupid ass gun laws that are here. And mm-hmm. it's it's between the two between the combination of the two, people are fed up. The taxation, the 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 the, the businesses being shut down, it's all adding up to to insanity. And the police saw this, or lack thereof. God, tell me about it. Sorry, Glenn. Luckily for me, luckily for me, where I live, the police force is still uh, at a hundred percent strength. They are still up there in numbers. We've been very fortunate not to have the kind of insanity that's going on nationwide. But that could change any time. But I'm noticing the, the numbers are starting to dwindle in in, in places where where a lot of the the, the insanity has been happening. Hmm. Now, when I saw now Janice Dean, who's a meteorologist for um, Fox News Channel, I follow her on on Twitter, and. She's the reason I got a lot of these New York Post articles because, well, let me put out the, put what the New York Post wrote on, on, on this uh, casket being outside of a Brooklyn nursing home. And I swear to God, I saw that and I was like, ouch. You know, that's, that, that is a, that's a kick in the teeth to the governor. That really is. Well, a yeah. silver casket was wheeled to the front of a Brooklyn nursing home Sunday, and 6,500 copies of the cover of Governor Andrew Cuomo's new book were dumped into, into it in protest of his COVID-19 policies. <laughs> now, the number of covers was equal to the roughly 6,500 people who have been reported killed by the coronavirus in nursing homes in the state, although the ralliers said they believe the figure is much higher. My mother-in-law got COVID in an elder care facility but died in a hospital, so her number does not count. In New York's nursing home tally, said Janice Dean, a meteorologist for TV's Fox & Friends, who was among the roughly 50 protesters outside the Cobble Hill Health Center. At the very beginning... I wouldn't have blamed anyone, she said of her kin's death. We were in the middle of a pandemic. But then I saw the governor on CNN and the various talk shows talking about his love, about his love life and talking about how he brought the curve down to nothing. 
The first mm-hmm. thing he should have said was, I'm sorry for your loss, Dean said. Now, protesters have mainly ripped Cuomo's March 25th mandate that prevented nursing homes with their vulnerable populations from turning away coronavirus-positive patients. When asked about nursing homes, Cuomo acknowledged at a COVID-19 press briefing earlier Sunday that, in hindsight, his administration could have done better to protect people. But But can anyone say that a virus that targets the weak and the seniors that we can keep them safe? Nobody can say that, he said. Cuomo said the early spread of COVID-19 in New York nursing homes was the result of asymptomatic workers and visitors. At the time, the federal government was saying the virus was only spread by people with symptoms, he said. The governor said that to remain unscathed, nursing homes would have to be in a hermetically sealed bubble. The governor also contended that New York has the most aggressive nursing home policy in the country when it comes to trying to prevent the spread of the the virus, including mandated weekly testing of every worker. His book called American Crisis and released October 13th was described in its press release as a remarkable portrait of leadership during, during crisis and a great story of gut-wrenching choices that point the way to a safer future for us all. But Brooklyn protest... Bleh, let me try that again. But Brooklyn protest organizer Peter Arbini griped at the rally, where about a dozen people added photos of their lost loved ones to the casket, that Cuomo hasn't given us an independent investigation into the alleged nursing home debacle so we can get to the truth. Mm-hmm. The, families, the families in front of you deserve to know the truth, said Arbini, whose 89-year-old Korean War veteran father, Norman, was among the at least 56 people to die from COVID-19 at the Brooklyn facility. We are all COVID orphans now, he said. And if somebody made a mistake, and with all that was going on, it was a crazy time, we would forgive. Maybe somebody wouldn't forgive, but we would forgive. You get a sincere apology when truth comes out, And then we all know, and then we can move on, and we can celebrate the good things. Well, here's here's the problem. You're not going to get a sincere apology from Governor Cuomo, ever. His his mandate basically all but put lives at risk. And did, and cost lives. So how in the hell, you know, is, is this guy still the governor? Well, people in north and west of, of where I live voted for other people when they could have had a clear choice and gone out and campaigned for that clear choice, who was a Republican candidate at the time. 
Um, there was Rob Astorino the first time around uh, for a governor for for a new governor, and then more recently, Mark the Dutchess County uh, Executive Mark Molinaro. All right, so when people decide that politi- because of politics that it's better to vote for a green or libertarian because we don't want to vote for for a Republican based on, on all, all, the, all those rhinos, Dutchess County and south of, of Dutchess of the Hudson Valley, um, I'm like, are you fucking people mad? Have you lost your mind? And and insult to injury, there's been hyperbolic talk about possibly the if Biden wins the election, which he's not going to, but let's say for the sake of discussion he wins the election, he might offer Cuomo a position in the administration. Oh my god. So he basically he'd be rewarding a murderer. Huh. Lame and lamer, so we'd have anyone? Biden, Como, and AOC. <laughs> God. Now, now, Gunslinger, you've been sitting here listening to all of this. What, what are your What are your thoughts, man? One thing: this Como creature is a is a creature. He's a murderer. He murdered those people by doing that. What was it, 11,000, I think it was, somewhere in there, 11,000 seniors. He, why not just go up there and put a bullet in their head? Okay, that's what he did. Well, what's the difference? Okay, you, you, you send somebody into a dangerous situation that you can get a very deadly um, virus, okay, or... Walk it up to him and, and pop him in the head with a three fifty seven magnum. You're dead either way. There ain't no idea for butts about it. Okay? This son of a bitch ought to be brought up on murder charges. Okay? Why is he why isn't he not being brought up on murder charges? Okay? This is this is crazy. It's the most craziest goddamn thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. Okay? Me or you do that. Shit, they put us so far under that damn prison, they'd have to pump sunlight into us and through a 3H tube, okay? That's how far they put us in prison, okay? Can you blame people for fucking exiting stage left in New York State? Fuck, no, I don't blame them. From their, from that fucked up mayor or governor or whoever that, both of, them, both of them are fucked up, okay? That right there would be enough to tell me I need to pack my bags and go, okay? Not only with your fucked up gun laws, Man, they are fucked up, let me tell you, okay? <laughs> New York has got to stand out as the most fucked up gun laws probably in the old, in the entire world, okay? That would never fly down here in Texas. It would never fly down here in Texas, okay? <laughs> That's just fucking insanity. And I used to pay um, property taxes. I know what it's like to pay property taxes, so do I blame a certain person for... Getting the fuck out. I mean, when you when you fucking pay, I think it's ten thousand dollars a year. Think about this. I know people out there. Not all of you have failed math, okay? But ten times ten 
10,000 is a hundred thousand fucking dollars in a short period of time. A mere ten years. I've never seen that goddamn kind of money. hundred thousand dollars? you kidding me? But just to pay that in property taxes. Now, maybe if you had, you know, 50, 60, 70, 100 acres, okay, out in the, out in the country, well, okay, I, I could see maybe, maybe. But in a city in New York State, and you paying that goddamn kind of theft charge, exit stage left, buddy. Go down there to some some place that is oh, a lot less tax base, even though it's all unconstitutional anyway. We know taxes are unconstitutional right across the board, but they still get away with it. <laughs> Just like this Como person, Cuomo or whatever his name, is getting away with killing over 11,000 senior citizens. And then have the fucking balls to go out and write a book about it, okay? Uh, can you blame these people for throwing them in a fucking casket, these books in a casket? Hell, I'd set fire to it. I'd bring back the old book-burning days. Go ahead. Jeez. Well, I, I don't know about that I think it's far. great that they did that, uh, that they did what they did. I hadn't heard that. I'm glad that you mentioned it. I know I know that gal you're talking about. I've heard her on Fox tell her story about her in-laws before, but I didn't know about that protest. That had to be um, good for book sales. <laughs> Not. Uh, I think that was I mean, beautiful timing. Oh, I, I think I think what 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 the uh, what the organizer for that protest outside the Brooklyn nursing home did was in effect basically tell the uh, the governor. Uh, in no uncertain terms, and as blunt as possible, without actually using mm-hmm. the words, well, they could have. Yo, Governor, fuck you. Okay, <laughs> you're a murdering son of a bitch because of your your mandate on on March 25th. That cost these people their lives. All right. Yeah. Oh, but 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 folks, for those of you who live in the state of New York, you're going to love this. Apparently, uh Governor Cuomo is planning changes to New York COVID-19 restrictions coming this week. Check this out. This this may put a laugh in, in your heart and a, and, and a frown on your face. Because it is Governor Cuomo we're talking about here. Changes to the restrictions on New York's coronavirus clusters could be announced later this week as the surge in cases continues to recede, Governor Andrew Cuomo announced on Sunday. We're going to watch the microcluster data. <clears throat> microcluster data. Okay, I'm, I'm not even going to. Let me let me get through this because I I, I could say a few things about his wording, but I'll be nice for the moment. As I said, the moment Cuomo told reporters in his midtown Manhattan office, we can adjust what is in that cluster. Oh, so you're going to, you're going to manipulate the numbers. You're going to fudge the books. We can make it a little bigger. I could say something to that, but I'll behave myself. 
We can make it a little smaller. We can relax some restrictions, some regulations. We can increase regulations. We'll do that all based on the data. Almost said that any such alterations would be announced Wednesday, just over two weeks after he announced a color-coded system of restrict, color-coded system of restrictions, including closures of schools and non-essential businesses, to tamp down burgeoning outbreaks in Brooklyn and Queens, as well as pockets upstate. The latest data from those zones shows that the that the effort appears to be working. In the week of September 27th through October 3rd, the coronavirus positive rate in Brooklyn's so-called red zone was 6.69%. By Saturday, that figure dropped to 4.92%. In Queens, which has two district outbreak zones, also saw a decline from 2.97% positivity rate during the early period to 1.89% on Saturday. The Brooklyn and Queens zones, however, still have markedly, markedly sorry, higher positivity rates than the overall state figure of 1.08%. Because, we, because we're so aggressive, every time we see the virus pop up, we run and hit it down, said Cuomo. It's like whack-a-mole. <clears throat> the decision earlier this month to reinstate coronavirus restrictions was met with fierce and sometimes violent protests, particularly in Brooklyn's Hasidic enclaves, where some viewed the lockdowns as anti-Semitic. But Cuomo insisted on Sunday that the return of restrictions was the way to go. He said, this is not rocket science. It's a virus. When you reduce congregate activity and people wear masks and people social distance and you enforce it, you stop the spread of the virus. That's how it works. That's how, it, how it's always worked. You just have to do it. Meanwhile, the governor unveiled a plan to transition from the pandemic to the powder with winter on the way. Starting November 6, the state's ski resorts will be allowed to reopen at 50% capacity. Other precautions will also be in place, including a requirement to wear masks at all times except when eating, drinking, or skiing. Restrictions on gondola and lift usage to one party at a time. Thorough cleanings and disinfections of all shared or rented equipment and a potential and a yeah and a potential reduction of capacity on the slopes to 25% on peak days or if there are trail closures Cuomo tried to entice out of state skiers to jump to pump money into New York's sagging economy by saying other perks make up for the restrictions if you ski, if you ski in New York this year, 
not only do you have what I think is the best skiing in the United States of America, but there's an added benefit, he said. If you ski in New York, not only do you have the best skiing in the United States, but you don't have to quarantine when you come back. Go ski in one of these other states, then you have to quarantine for 14 days. Uh, yeah. Okay, first of all, Governor, your condescending and completely ridiculous tone in, the, in this worries me. It worries me deeply. This is the kind of insanity rhetoric that is pushing people to leave the state of New York. Or don't you fucking understand that? Businesses and people are leaving because they can't make a go of it here. Sagging economy is an understatement compared to, to some other states. I mean, you take a state that's run by a Republican governor, okay, Gunslinger and Kim? You take a state that's run by a Republican governor as compared to this governor, who's a Democrat, and you will see a huge, a very huge difference. Okay? Could I say something? Please, go ahead. Um, you're, you're right, and this is where my dilemma goes, though. For example, the state I live in has a Republican governor, and... We never had a mask mandate. When everybody else got a mask mandate, we didn't. And, uh, you know, they opened things up and schools are back in. And just I I don't know what the answer is. Um, That's why I think they should not be so uh, hard on the president. I don't know what the answer is, but you quoted those numbers about, you know, all the businesses being locked down and what a disaster, you know, the economy is in New York. Um, We opened everything up and we're sitting here with 11%. And every day, the numbers of positivity, hospitalizations and deaths are going up. And that was from this. This is my fear if Biden wins and people that are reading, using social media to get their news specifically is that you get trained to be spoon fed like a child and not think for yourself because, you know, our governor and the president What they had to say, and they gave us the freedom back then, they didn't mandate everything and close it down for any longer than they did because they could see the economic damage that was coming. So they opened it. They had a really hard choice between public health and the economy. But, see, the answer is there kids (laughs) everybody has to be individually responsible you can't blame anyone else you can't expect the president or the governor or anybody else in politics 
or those punk asses that run social media, you can't trust them to know an answer for something that hasn't happened in our lifetime. It's been a hundred years since something like this has happened. So you've got to, as my mom says, use your head for something other than a hat rack. You know, if you look up the science yourself or listen to, I told somebody the other night that I listened to, I would never dream of getting my news off of social media. That's an oxymoron. Look at the word social media. When they set up Facebook, it was so grandkids, grandparents could look at their kids and their grandkids and share pictures and you could hook up with people you used to go to school with and it was it was a social media network and now they're suppressing the first amendment they're practicing censorship they're not being held to any other kind of news media standards like the paper or the the other but anyway i mean if they tell you that masks make a difference, then you have a choice of whether to wear one or not. But if things start exploding like they are where I live right now, and I have a friend in the hospital with COVID that uh, uh, say a prayer for Shelly, um, I don't know how that's going to work out, but you know, there's 13 states right now that are in super bad shape. They're mostly in the Midwest, although there's a couple around the Great Lakes. I think Wisconsin might be one. I saw a map of it last night. But, you know, the president isn't going to close anything down again, and neither is our governor. So all we can hope to do is make those decisions to throw caution to the wind and do exactly what they tell you not to do. In fact, our governor did this, and I don't know if the president did, but this is about our mandates. There's three things. It's the new slogan. Let me get this picture. I took a picture of it on the news the other night. The three slogans, avoid the three C's, crowded places, close contact and confined spaces and they have a little picture uh, (laughs) by each one of those things and this was our um, rolls out restrictions once again so same type of header is what your governor put out there because it's so bad new restrictions so those three C's crowded places close contact, confined spaces. You know, that was true since the beginning of this pandemic, but people didn't listen to that. And so seriously, the more I watch people, the more I don't blame the politicians because we're not babies. We have a brain and I don't know, you know, I, I had read up a lot about the influence of 1918. I I had read a book about it before just out of curiosity. And then to refresh my broken brain, um, you know, I, 
I did a lot of other reading, and people can like it or not like it, but it is what it is. <laughs> and those three things right there and wearing a mask was all they had to offer back in 1918. Right now, we don't have... I was reading a study on the resveratrol, whatever the drug is, we help make it here, um, that they're using, and they're using it on my friend. There's a limited amount. That's not curing people or making them better necessarily. You know, we don't really have, we couldn't have the regenerative uh which actually comes out of people who have had COVID's plasma. That other drug the president was being given is a synthetic version of that. The guy who runs our network, who's had COVID twice, that's the that's You're talking the about Redesivir. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Our university hospital made that. That isn't curing everybody that's taking it. I guess what I'm saying is there is no um, vaccination, not vaccination, but, you know, we don't have any shot for it. We don't have any effective treatment for everybody for it. And so the impetus is really on us. If we have to go out to a bar, have to go out and eat at a restaurant, when you come home and hear the news every night and hear what they say about the transmission the last 25 days and watching these numbers just growing exponentially every day for the better part of a month, if you really feel you need to go out to the bar, to the open restaurant, um, one of the high schools that just opened, you know, one of the comments about schools was, okay, before the kids were going to go insane if they didn't go physically to school. So everybody wanted their babysitter, the school, back opened, and they got that. But the other, here's another common sense thing, but people aren't going to do it. You know, kids were still having sleepovers, They were still getting together with friends. Their parents were still taking them to the store with them or to the mall with them or whatever. One of our counties here that just opened, well, what they're saying is now that kids are in school, they should probably be no place else. Like not out doing all those other things. Now school will be their outing for a while until we can get numbers out of control you know, under control. But, you know, an example is a bunch of kids' parents let them do this. I can't blame it on the kids. Um, But because there's no homecoming, you know, or proms or any of that stuff, they, so of course it wasn't sanctioned by school, but they decided to have a homecoming party of their own and they invite, you know, there were 40 people. Every one of them got COVID. Now, a lot of those kids were symptomatic, asymptomatic, um, going to school on Monday. 
and spreading it to how many other people at school. The fact that they're irresponsible. So, you know, really, before people open their mouth about much of anything, they got to think about what they're doing, you know, demanding a dis- uh, the solution from someone else instead of bitching about not getting the, the solution from someone else. Look at what you're doing to make the problem worse. Are you out protesting and anarchying in the middle of a freaking pandemic that's the worst that's happened in our lifetime? Probably not a smart time to do it because you know what? You're never going to be heard dead. Exactly. That, and that's, that's the, that, and that unfortunately is something that a lot of these protesters are not taking into account, you know, but I do have a clip that I'm going to play in just a moment. Uh, This is from, America's Frontline Doctors, uh, and talking about masks. Now, this is coming from doctors, medical professionals. And uh, when, you hear this, when you hear what they have to say, believe me, no, one, no other uh, mainstream media outlet is talking about it. They're not even talking to these folks. They stood on the steps of the Supreme Court to talk about this. All right? Now, I'll get to that in just a moment. 909 area code, go ahead. Good evening, George. Hello, Suzette. (laughs) How are you, dear? I'm doing well. I'm doing some laundry at the laundry map, and I remembered, oh gosh, George's show tonight, so I will call in and see how things are going. And I just barely caught the, um, your I guess uh, talking about COVID, uh, so I didn't catch everything. But um, anyway, thank you for taking my call. I'll wait for your clip. All right. Now, folks, we've all heard from Anthony Fauci, how wearing a mask is important and all this. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that as a, you know, if you're a medical professional, it's not important because in your job, you, you know, you have to. But the rest of us are not medical professionals. Many of us are just average, everyday John and Jane Q publics. So when doctors speak out, in regard against the wearing of masks, there, there must be something to it. Now, a friend of this broadcast, No Way, had said many times in the, in the past when he was here about how various types of masks were tested. And when we breathe out, we're breathing out carbon dioxide. You're wearing a mask and you're breathing back in that same carbon dioxide that you just exhaled. So for the amount of time that you wear that mask, the longer you wear it, the more carbon dioxide you're breathing back into your body. And what happens and is it toxifies your body. It causes toxic levels in your body. Now, I have no reason to, to doubt it. Because, let's face it, the last thing I, any, anyone like me would need, because, you know, I'm, I'm one of those high-risk kind of people, you know, no spleen to help 
with the infection-fighting ability of my body. I have high blood pressure, diabetes. I'm overweight. Okay, a lot overweight. But uh, I'm, you, you did not hear that from me. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing. These doctors spoke about this, and I'm going to put this clip on for you to listen to, and I want you to listen very carefully to what these doctors said because it speaks volumes, because pushing people to wear these masks, mandating that they wear masks, first of all, to mandate that someone wear something that could be potentially harmful, well, uh, that kind of begs the question. Yes, it might help in, in a short term, but very short term. Wear it too long, and it can become a, a big problem. So I think that's the idea. Go ahead. You're talking about the two docs. Me, I do. Play it. So here, here's the clip in question. And a small group of medical experts from around the country are speaking out against misinformation on the coronavirus. The doctors gathered on the Supreme Court steps in the nation's capital this morning to tell Americans not to be afraid of the virus. These doctors argued masks do not help curb the spread of the virus. In fact, they say the masks are socially divisive and pose a threat to civil liberties and national security. They assert doctors in America are capable of treating COVID-19 and early treatment is key. Christina Bob has more on that event from Washington. America's Frontline Doctors is a group of doctors who aim to dispel misinformation aimed at COVID-19. They gathered here today in Washington, D.C., in front of the Supreme Court to give that information to the American people. After the event, I had an opportunity to speak with some of them, and here's what they had to say. Early treatment is what we need. Uh, it is effective. It will save lives, so we need early treatment. I created a telemedicine platform called MyFreeDoctor.com where I'm treating patients for free in all 50 states. All they have to do is go to my website and track me down. We just aim to bring truth and information to the American people. Early treatment works. There's a lot of early treatment options. Masks don't work. If you want information on both of those things, they're on our website. We need to stand up and, and talk about Section 230. This is something that these, these news organizations, these social media platforms specifically, cannot be allowed to act as publishers while still being protected by Section 230. Well, I mean, the CDC just actually came out with these numbers in July, and they showed that of the people they looked at with COVID, 85% had said they'd been wearing a mask always or usually. Now, what does that tell you? Only 3.9% of that group said they never wore a mask. If masks worked, you would see some different numbers. In fact, the control group, the, the, that group, same numbers. So 85% of people are wearing a mask, and it's not necessarily doing them any good. Uh, we've treated 1,900 positive patients with the successful use of hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and either Zithromax or doxycycline. We have had a one, we had one hospitalization and a 0% mortality rate. Uh, and we noticed that treatment. Uh, had that high success rate. I'm a child psychiatrist in West Los Angeles. All of my kids are scared. And I've been noticing that around the country, this fear has morphed or devolved into something even more eerie, which is a state of delusional psychosis, this belief that we must keep everything closed, we must hide, we must mask ourselves in order to save lives. And I'm very, very concerned that that mental illness, that, that hysteria that's overtaken the country is moving into something even more sinister, which is social control.
people need to know that there's early treatment that can be successful and they need to put their foot down and demand early treatment because I don't think after everything that's happened, I don't think it's going to come from the top down. Right now, they're still trying to drive the, uh, the uh, narrative that we have a pandemic going on. We don't. I think that the media has largely spread disinformation about the, vac- uh, about the virus, uh, and I think that this is a very treatable condition if treated early and aggressively. And so that's what I've been doing in my clinic with enormous success. The greatest thing is, you know, see your doctor. I mean, we, our patients were told, stay at home, don't call your doctor, don't see your doctor. I'm a pediatrician, so I'm on the front line to keep our kids safe and prevent disease and treat disease. The biggest message that they wanted the American people to take away from today is that you don't need to fear COVID-19. Doctors are capable of treating you, and if you have any concerns that you could be sick, talk to your doctor. I'm Christina Bob for One American News, Washington. Now, it is important to note that doctors from the same uh, group, America's frontline doctors, have been vehemently attacked by the left. They've been attacked by, by, by social, on social media. They've been attacked by the mainstream media itself. And this same group, some months ago, put a video on YouTube. Okay? They put a video on YouTube that got immediately taken down as misinformation. Now, if doctors are coming together and saying this stuff, I mean, why would they come out publicly and say this if there wasn't something to this? You know? <clears throat> so my, my basic concern, okay, now for those of you who, who are able to see this on camera, on the video platforms, let me show you on the video platforms three types of masks that are common in my area. The first being the disposable type, which is kind of disappearing on the, uh, on the, on the, on the, on the, on the feed. But the disposable type is one. All right? You use it once, you throw it away. Then there Paper. is another type. Basically, yeah. And then there's another type that feels almost like, you know, like a, 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 a material mesh Fab- that's fabric. sold in places. Yeah, it's a fabric. It's, a, it's, like a fa- it's kind of a fabric style. But it's Honestly, it's it, it, to put these things on, and, and I'm going to show on, on the platform here. You put this on, okay? And if you and I have a slight, I have I have a, a beard growing in. Here's what happens: it doesn't, it covers the nose, barely comes up, comes under the chin, and and over time it starts sliding as you're talking. And then, as you're talking, it's almost up into your eye sockets. So you're constantly tugging at it to keep it down over your over your face proper. Okay. Now it fits snug, but after a while, like I said before, you're breathing in that carbon dioxide that you're breathing out. The last one is is, is made of 
is is a is 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 actually a cloth type, and I have to literally pull my ears, move my ears, to pull this thing over my face. Now this one goes right, does come up under the chin, so this type will will stay on my face a lot better than say the other two, because even the paper one has a problem. Now, the, the biggest problem, now with wintertime starting to set in in, in in the country, where the colder weather is setting in, what happens is there's a, there's a gap, and I, and, I'm, and I can take my finger and literally, without any effort, go right into that gap under the eyes, on either side of the nose. Your glasses can fog up. If you have to wear, this, wear something like this, and you try it across the street and your glasses are fogged up, you have to take your glasses off before you can walk across the street. And for some of us, trying to walk across the street and we have trouble seeing without our glasses, well, that can be a dangerous thing in itself. Now, add insult to injury. Okay? When, when you've got governors like Andrew Cuomo who mandate that you wear masks, I've gone all over my area over the last month, and I have seen people not wearing a mask at all. They would go into schools yeah. not wearing masks at all. Now, yeah. here's the thing. Same here. There are people, the CDC said this on their website, people who have asthma, COPD, yeah. or emphysema are not required to wear a mask because they have breathing issues. Now, if they have breathing issues as a result of this, now think about this, folks, all right? If this pandemic is as deadly and as dangerous as they say it is, these folks are at even higher risk than me, okay? They're in even higher risk than I am. I've been to stores They're in where higher people risk anyway. with oxygen on their face have been told they can't go into the store because they haven't got a mask on. I've seen it argued. And thankfully, some store managers have come out and, and said, no, they can come in. The CDC doesn't require it. I've been to places where I've had to tell managers, that person ha- is wearing oxygen. They can't wear a mask. You, 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 you tell them they can't come into your store you're 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 pushing away a customer. The CDC said they don't have to wear a mask because they have a breathing issue. So there is a lot of misinformation, a lot of disinformation, a lot of confusing information. But these doctors from America's frontline doctors are not spreading misinformation or disinformation. They're trying to spread information that is beneficial and helpful to the American people. So why would they, they why would they waste their time? Why would they even go stand on the steps of the Supreme Court not just once but twice the first time to make that YouTube video with a congressional representative by the way and and then that video gets taken down because it's tagged as misinformation. You heard one doctor talk about section 230. I'm glad mm-hmm. that doctor brought that up. Okay? I'm glad he brought that up because a lot of these social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter are acting like publishers. Well, it's time they got called up on the carpet, and the Senate is doing just that. 
They're subpoena. They have subpoenaed. They're going. They're sending subpoenas to these characters, and I guarantee you that the, the, the shit's going to hit the fan, and and about time too. You know, so it may not. They. Sorry, go on. Having heard this information, I'd like to get everyone's thoughts on this. But uh, uh, Kim, you were starting to say something, so uh, go ahead, please. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. One part that's true about what they said is when I brought up that whole thing about social media and it being an oxymoron, they said 80% of the millennials get their news from social media. And to me, that seemed absurd. You know, I go on there to look at pictures and catch up with how, you know, what my friends are doing. I would, I wouldn't, it's a social platform. I wouldn't dream of looking at the news on it, but they do. In fact, they are not under that two thirty, and they need to be broken up or put under if they're going to, like you said, act as publishers and they're going to put news and biased information out there, which they do on Twitter. They do it on Google. They do it on Facebook in their own ways. And it's for a left-leaning agenda. And anything anybody puts up there that's conservative, that Biden uh, story right now is getting taken down all over. So they are right about the social media platforms, I think, where where I think they're wrong, you know. And I I agree with you. I don't. I can't wear the mask and breathe. Okay, I can tell you a, a much better cloth mask. Believe me, I'm familiar with them all. I can tell you um, a couple brands. I don't really want to make them a lot of money unless they want to sponsor my show, but I can tell you a couple places where they actually have good ones where you don't touch your face, but one of the things about the mask wearing is that some people had a tendency to think if they had a mask on that they were protected and then they didn't social distance and they weren't careful about washing their hands more mindfully um, because of all the virus surface and then they're touching their face like what you were talking about. So if you're talking about all the the safety protocols you need to do, a mask is going to be worthless if you wear one that doesn't fit and you've just touched a public railing or a gasoline pump thing or button in an elevator and then you're touching your face to adjust your mask and you go into five different places each day, stay a really long time and don't socially distance from people, then the mask isn't going to do any good. And for people like me that really can't breathe, um, I, I guess the point is I don't stay, I don't, plan on going and staying in places as much. Um, I I don't think that they're right. There is such a thing as herd immunity. You know, people cannot wear masks, and that's a decision they're making for everybody, though. They said in the very beginning 
that the only truly effective mask is the N95. The N95, there was a shortage of. The president got 3M and a couple companies to make them for the first responders, the hospital, people working in the hospital. We couldn't afford to have them go down like flies and not be able to treat these full hospitals. And so they're the ones that get dibs on that. You can't even buy an N95. There's a couple scams by Chinese companies on Amazon that claim they're N95s. I have the name of those, but they are not N95. It's just it's snake oil. Like in any scenario where there's an opportunity to rip people off, there's one. So that meant that all the rest of us were going to get the better-than-nothing mask. Now, the better-than-nothing mask means that big particles, it's an airborne virus. So if you sneeze, you've seen how far it goes. Have you seen the study where they somebody has a mask on, they vape before they put on the mask, and then they put on the mask and exhale? And you see what's coming out, you know, through the mask of of the vaping stuff. So yeah, particles can still go out, but not not the biggest ones um, won't make it through that barrier because what you're doing is you're putting an extra barrier there, but small particles still might get in there. So the mask isn't a fail-safe because especially if people aren't doing the other things, social distancing, staying home more, um, you know, just until the the numbers are down, but we can let people just die. You know, herd immunity is another way to handle a pandemic, and that's going out and living your life the way you've always lived your life and letting as many people die, maybe a third of the population globally die until it runs its course. And... That's kind of what they had to do in 1918. That ran from March of 1918 to mid-1920, that particular one. In fact, my great-grandmother died of the great influenza in 1920, February of 1920. So... um, I. I don't know, and when they, uh, and my last thing, and then I'm sorry, they said over and over and over, and you heard them, if it can be, you know, treated quickly, if it can be treated quickly, and they acted like it was easy to do that. Oh, just call us up on our telething. Well, you know, the reality where I live, first of all, how much stuff have you heard about testing? You can't get treated until you've gotten tested. So that means you've got to find a place that's going to test you, that you're going to get the results back before a week from now or three or four days from now. And that's assuming you caught it early enough. There are parameters for just catching it early. 
that is not an easy task. And they went over that a couple times, how imperative it is that if you start treating it early, that there may be some efficacy in their treatment. And I've got a huge problem with that because, you know, you have to fill in paperwork and different places have different kind of tests and they take different amount of time to come. You don't know how long you had the virus before you started showing (laughs) symptoms. And a lot of people, how many people have you heard say, well, my friend who's in the hospital now with bad COVID thought she was having allergy issues because it doesn't present the same in all people. So some people will have kind of a little sore throat and kind of a stuffy nose for the first week or so, and they don't really act on it quickly. You know, and then when you try to get into the doctor or the hospital, um, they they want you to be tested. They don't really want you coming in and bringing the virus in with you. They they kind of want you to be tested at one of these things that looks like a car wash. These tents they're throwing up everywhere, <laughs> and it ain't easy to get into your doctor. You don't just call your doctor today and say, "I think I've got COVID. Can I come in tomorrow?" You know the answer's no. Um, at my doctor's office, I could tell a call my doctor, but what he'd tell me to do is to go get tested, go to one of the testing places and get tested. And then if I told him I had COVID, he could tell me how I could call the hospital and tell him I've got COVID so someone can meet me in a hazmat suit and lead me in to the COVID area. So I find a pretty fatal flaw in something they did accentuate several times, which is for the treatment to be effective, immediate, immediate treatment, immediate treatment. Yeah. Well, Well, okay. I'll put it to you like this. (laughs) I'll put this to you. Okay. Simply put, and I just saw my regular physician for the first time face to face uh, since the, since, since this, uh, quote-unquote, pandemic started. Uh, Any other time, it was the telehealth. So I go into my doctor's office, and before I even get to walk through, because there's two doors you have to go through to get into the main waiting area. You get in the first door, they tell you to stand, wait there. A nurse will take that uh, temperature de- te- checking device that looks like a gun and yeah, put it which right is up worthless. Head. Yeah. Okay. And 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 my my temperature was ninety six point seven according to that thing. I, I have I have one of those um, one of those panic thermometers. The you know the one you stick in the ear. Those yeah. are more accurate than those those gun things. And I took my temperature. Not everybody has a temperature that has COVID. So that's really for show, too, those thermometers. If you have a thermometer, yeah, you might be sick. But not everybody who's in the contagious phase 
of COVID has a temperature. So that ain't a fail-safe either. But go on. Right. But, but what I, the, 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 the whole point that I'm making here is that when I went, once I got my temperature checked, she handed me a Post-it note with my temperature on it. Okay. <laughs> And I had this, and I sat there. And the waiting room, I, before uh, the last time I was in there, was a whole row of seats on, all throughout the place. Now they've got them lined up in social distancing style. So I'm sitting there, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. And the receptionist is well over ten feet away from me, and she says. I've got I've got you checked in, George. You're you're good to go. Didn't even ask me if I traveled outside the country because that was covered by the nurse at the door. Okay. Now this place knows I do not have a passport, and that I do not travel outside the country, <laughs> or for that matter, even outside New York State. Okay. I don't tra- I don't go anywhere. The farthest I've gone was my doctor's office this past Friday. Well, anyway, long story short, and by the time I said that, it's too late anyway, I finally get in to see my doctor. And the same question I asked her when I was doing the telehealth with her, I asked her again, do you feel I should be tested for COVID? Because everybody keeps saying, well, you should be tested for COVID. You need to be tested for coronavirus. She just looked at me, and I could tell she was smiling, even though she had a mask on. She said, George, do you have any of the symptoms? I said, no. I said, I have a smoker's cough. Does that count? And she started laughing. I said, my eyes are tearing because I kept rubbing my eyes. Does that count? And she started laughing even harder. And I said, oh, wait a minute. I know. Here's a symptom, I'm sure. I'm sitting here making the doctor laugh. That's got to be a symptom. Well, at that point, she just couldn't stop laughing. She said, George, obviously you don't have any symptoms. So, no, I don't feel it's necessary for you to go get tested. And one thing she said to me was, there are people getting tested that don't need to be tested that are coming up positive and what, she, what she's heard is they would go and get tested in one place and then get tested somewhere else. And the time would go by and they'd get the results back. One place said they were positive. The other place said they were negative. Same day, two different places. So I Okay, don't know so if those if doctors of yours... If it, if they would have got a negative test, those doctors of yours wouldn't have started treating them. And what if they were really positive? Then that took away their ability to get treated quickly. My friend who went to the hospital, her breathing was so bad, so she didn't go through the doctor like we're talking. She went to the hospital she was in the emergency room for two and a half hours before someone saw her for any length of time. They had to put oxygen on her. Yeah. Yeah, but it was overflowing. The hospital was over, overflowing, 
and here the beds are three quarters of the ICU beds and the hospital beds are full, but the whole rest of our state is largely rural and they're all coming down with it in the rural areas too. So when you think that we have 25% left of hospital and ICU beds, it's not just our city that could fill those up and pretty quickly if we keep going the way we have been the last 25 days, we could do it in our own city. But we've got people from all over the state getting, you know, having to come here. And so those are things that keep you from getting treatment quickly when you have super spreading events and that many people have it. So, you know, it's, I feel about their clip. I agreed with some, I really didn't agree with a lot of the rest, but I feel that way about the also expert panel of doctors that work with the president that he doesn't agree with most of what they say. Those are doctors too. There's doctors all over and basically they're all practicing what they think they know about medicine because this particular situation has never come up for for them before. The rest of us can't that easily get tested and get get right on treatment fast. I think what you do, which is mostly stay home, is mostly what I do. The other thing they said when they kept talking about tracing, not them, but in general when he was talking about it being a, having us being ruled by the government, by the mandates and all that, he's right if people knew how to social distance, if they knew how to wash their hands, if they stayed home more realizing this is a different time right now than it's ever been before if you go out to the store great go there social distance wash your hands a lot make it quick get in get out you can kind of tell where you were then although nobody would know who the other people were in the store you know if you happen to be positive spreading it to people nobody's going to know how many were in the store but say you went to the store and when you got done there you went to the hair salon and then say the next day um a person goes to lunch with their friends you know a, a table of 6 or 8 they go have lunch with their friends and then the next day you know they basically live their life exactly like they were living before there would be no look at how many people one person could infect. It's an app. It's an app that goes on your phone, and they track you. So this way. Oh, I know. So that's how they but know where you've been and who you've been in contact with, and not necessarily contact touching, but as you were saying, going to the supermarket and so forth. You go visit your mom. If you go visit um, friends, then now they've got to go and put as far as start tracking them and whoever they start in contact with. And so it's very intrusive. As far as the virus goes, 94% of people get well without even going to the doctors because it barely skims you. It doesn't, it's not a death sentence if you have, if you test positive for coronavirus. 
there's a lot of conflicting um, evidence because we find out that the testing that they have done so far to, to some point um, that they were, it was issuing false positives. And so those testings had to be redone. But for the most part, yeah. people are 99% of people recuperate. It's that 1% that needs to be protected. And we can do that by isolating them um, to, I mean, as far as to a point where, you know, they, until they get better. Why the hospitals are filling up, I have no idea. At one point at the beginning of this virus, people were, when they um, were, thought that they were sick with it, were going to the hospital because they were put in panic mode because of the media and everything, and we didn't know what it was, supposedly. But it is a respiratory disease or virus, and so, um, you know, as far as the transmittal goes, yes, of course, it's going to be airborne, but they tell us that later. And the doctors that are with the president have been with previous presidents as well, and they're not in the field actually working. Dr. Fauci is a virologist, yes. But he's not on the front line seeing how this virus is reacting. You're kind of muted when you talk, and I want to hear what you're saying. You're muted Um, when... I just said I wanted to hear what you were saying. Your audio tends to to come in and out. It goes normal and it goes low. How about now? Better. Better? Okay. Um, so anyway, I was saying as far as um, 99% of people get better um, as far as just all the way better. 94% get better if they, and it just gives them with minimal um, symptoms. And Dr. Fauci, being a virologist, isn't on the front line to see how different, um, I guess, treatments are, you know, being as far as their efficiency, how they're working with patients. And so he doesn't know what's going on on the front lines. Yes, he can identify a virus. He can, as far as um, determine possibly um, the protocols to take. But if you remember at the beginning, since we didn't know what it was, and even he didn't know what it was, they were still looking into it, you know, testing it, researching it, seeing how it reacted. And so protocols were put in place based on um, trial and error because that's what happens when you have something new. And so, yeah. you know, it was try this, try that, or, okay, that didn't work, don't do that. And so people were getting frustrated, like, well, do we or do, do we not? And it's like, well, patience, people, it's new. We didn't know what it was. So, you know, things change along the way as far as saying, okay, well, go ahead and wear masks now. We're finding out that uh, it's, that, that works. But now we have a virologist and his team telling us, you know, that that's going to help people get better and the um, social distancing, preferably a lockdown, but if not that, then social distancing. But then we have doctors that ha- have studied it as well. Um, they've treated their parents, um, not the parents, or patients, and, and they have patients um, that have fully recovered and some that they've lost. But the ones that they've lost had come in when it was already too late to give them, to provide, to provide any treatment. So... Right. Um, we well, have and lots of people that we lose during the flu time. And so my feeling is that as far as um, people that were going to be lost, I think we're going to be lost anyway uh, to the seasonal flu just because of their health um, issues that they may have at the time that they did get COVID and then it complicated their health and then they died. And there's nothing we can do about that. You know, it's sad. It's, it's sad, but... 
we're all going to die. None of us is, is um, you know, immortal. <laughs> and and it's Well, stuck. there's a lot of difference between 30,000 a year for the flu and almost 3 million. 3 million. By October. Well, that's another thing. If you remember, reports were coming out that um, all these people had COVID when they died, but that wasn't true. Um, and then we were finding out, okay, so people had other issues, and then those numbers, it was because they found out afterwards that they had COVID, so they just marked it as a COVID death. So it's, it's sick. It's sick what these hospitals are doing, these doctors, what they're being forced to do um, by their administrators. It's not their fault. But the, some of them have come out and spoken out. And even at my hospital where I work at, um, there are things that are just not right as far as protocols go, but we can't question it um, because, well, <laughs> some of us get put on part-time. <laughs> but that's, I know that's not the yeah. We just flow over there. Um, I work at San Antonio Hospital here in Ontario, California, and um, it's slow. <laughs> we're, we're not being overwhelmed, but yet California has all these high numbers. Um, so I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, not that I wanted to pick up, but I wanted, I would like to go back to work full time, but they cut hours for everybody. So, Well, you can come here and you'd be working overtime. Our doctors are exhausted from overtime. Ah, well, I, I'm not a doctor. I just work in the records department. <laughs> so, oh. But, um, <laughs> yeah, on the front Damn. line. So well, you speak, need nurses. Yeah. need nurses here. But, I mean, there, there's a lot more numbers now. That flu comparison was okay back in March. But mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're only up to October of this year, and we're in the millions of people that have been infected and nearly a third of the world population got knocked out and and we've got a, an inoculate a, you know a flu shot we've got some kind of protection or layer for that that we don't have for the other but I mean yeah nobody gets out of here alive but when it comes to pre-existing conditions I also think a lot of younger people are thinking that that means, you know, cancer or heart or diabetes. Forty percent of the population in this country is considered obese. That's mm-hmm. an underlying condition right there. So forty percent mm-hmm. of our population right there has an underlying condition. You Absolutely. know, they're they're overweight. So if you look at the the underlying conditions, the possible people that could die because of the underlying conditions, that's mm-hmm. a lot of people. And then one of the things that's bothering me, if it's true, I've read a number of articles that seems to be attacking different people in different ways, but there's some kind of a clotting going on in a lot of people's cases. And here's some where the numbers, you're right, about them being manipulated one way, but they're also being manipulated the other way. So I have a feeling it might still all come out in the wash. But, um, crap, I got to... Well, anyway, you, the you clotting... Know the, or the, the states are being paid, you know, for or doctors or hospitals, actually hospitals, are being paid per patient if they pass away with COVID. 
And so that's an incentive for these hospitals in different states to to mark these numbers COVID, even though the death may have been caused by something else. Um, but, for example, I know a lady from so- social media from a, a brain injury support group who she had a – this scared the hell out of me – early – 60s she's mid 60s I'm early 60s so Mm -hmm. I'm in that neighborhood Uh, I had a ruptured brain aneurysm or hemorrhagic stroke if you will in 1995 she had one in 96 she got COVID about a month ago and Mm -hmm. she supposedly got over it in a couple weeks and then then she had a hemorrhage and it killed her. Now oh, that God, could no happen. Yeah. And I believe, I really believe that that COVID may have had something to do with it only because there's another three cases I know about of young men, healthy young men in their 30s. The one gal's husband, you know, rode his bike every day, real buff, younger, you know, trim, healthy-looking guy, and he just had a heart attack and died. (laughs) He had had COVID and supposedly recovered within a month before that. Another in his 30s really healthy guy got out of the Marine Corps and kept lift pumping iron and eating right a healthy guy seemingly no underlying conditions same thing he drops dead of a heart attack i've been watching a lot of people and they're getting put down for dying of a rupture dying of a heart attack dying of a whatever i'm not so Mm -hmm. sure that covid doesn't have something to do with that because of the clotting factor that they're finding in some of them that it can go right (laughs) to the heart or right to the liver or directly to the brain. Not everybody's case, but enough that is turning doctors' heads. Just like what you said, they learn more as they go along because they knew nothing. Something that is turning a lot of doctors' heads is this clotting factor for people of all, all ages. It doesn't seem to matter. These young, healthy ones don't even have underlying conditions. Uh So I don't know. There's just a lot more underlying conditions than people would think of. You know, if they don't think being what they think is a little overweight is an underlying condition, chances are the chart would say that they were obese. (laughs) You know, the way that the charts are. Uh, we me, also have to ask jump, the question, though. Okay. All right. Okay. Let me just jump in real quick before you ask your question, uh, or uh, Suzette. Okay. You know, there, there, there's, there's a lot of things being said, both pro and con, in this situation. And what I find uh, unfortunate is that in the early days of the uh, of testing and all that. You know, Suzette alluded to this moment ago, the, uh, the, the fact that... Uh, what is that background? Uh, I'm hearing a lot of background. 
I'm getting a lot of background noise. I don't know where it's coming from. Um, but the, the, the whole thing is um, administ- hospital administrators were telling doctors that regardless of what they Sorry, died George, from, I'm trying to mute it. My phone's stuck. No matter what they died from, they, they wanted it put down as the, the, the actual cause was COVID. If they died of a brain aneurysm, if they died of a stroke, if they died of, a, uh, of cancer, if they died... No, I understand they were doing that for, for money. These people didn't happen to, though. They put, like yeah. I said, the other that, way. That's where the numbers got, got skewed in the, in, the, in the death rate. Okay, that's why the numbers are skewed in the death rate. Okay, so while there's 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 a lot of people who who may have died from COVID, there's a lot of people who weren't even tested. This is what's what's ironic about this. None of these people were tested. Okay, so they had no right. way of knowing whether that person had COVID or not, but yet they were told by their hospital administrators. Mark down that they died from from coronavirus. I know that Even some of that happened. They died from something else. I, no doubt that that happened, but I think it, it went just for the, month, the other way in you know some that. cases too. Uh, the money would be well, enough reason for most of them. Bottom line. <laughs> Okay, so since you said you were watching um, as far as what's going on, I want you to keep an eye out, if you can, if you don't mind, keep an eye out for those clotting deaths that you're speaking about and find out or see if you can learn whether it's an area, a region, um, that this is occurring more consistently, like, you know, whether it's in the New Jersey area, whether it's the California area, West Coast, East Coast, you know, Midwest, and then we're going to try and narrow it down from there as to what are they treating these patients with? Because if we have no known treatment right now, which according to the CDC, Dr. Fauci and everybody and their grandmother, we have no official treatment for these people. Yes, we have the ventilators, but what are they putting in the ventilators um, to, to help these people um, that are having, you know, close to death and their last breaths? Because they have to put something, medication, in the ventilator. What are they using? Um, and what else are they treating these patients with that are mm. coming in with symptoms? Because we have no known treatment. They, didn't, they don't want the hydroxychloroquine. Um, the plasma thing is only done at a few centers. It's not widely used yet because um, the FDA hasn't totally approved it. So for all these people that are in the hospital and overwhelming hospitals, what are they doing for them that they couldn't do for themselves at home because we don't have any treatment that can be administered um, officially? Well, a lot of them now are getting breathing treatments. They're trying to use the ventilators less because they found that that scarred the people. lungs <laughs> and they're mm-hmm. killing people. But when people can't breathe, then kind of like people that have asthma, I'm, I'm not an expert on this, but my friend for example, has asthma, but one that I know that was hospitalized that didn't, 
it's you know they they have oxygen they're getting extra oxygen and they're having their oxygen levels monitored mm-hmm. in the hospital probably the same right. reason the president went. I don't know my friend sure. I, I'm just saying That's if we can narrow it down in. yeah 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 well no, I'm with you I do let's like see if we can narrow question, the areas though. down well this, um, see maybe something's being right. given to you know maybe people that um they didn't know they had uh, diabetes or, you know, something, some, some type of other disease that's a borderline type thing. But maybe they gave them something to help them breathe easier that could be administered through IV and, uh, and oxygen if their, you know, severe symptoms are expressed there while they're in the hospital. So they need to open those right. lungs up. Um, and so yeah. if that medication, um, you know, is being used at a particular hospital or a particular area, and more patients are coming out of that area uh, and then going into the cemetery, then <laughs> then something needs to be said. And so it's going to be up to us to, to figure that out. Right. In this case, you, if you don't mind, check, you know, listening out and looking well, into that. Well, what I wouldn't mind knowing, because in answer to your first question, Virginia, Canada, Spokane, Nebraska, so these clotting incidents were in a lot of different geographic areas, but the question would be then, that is an interesting question. All I know is that they had COVID in a proximity of what they died from, but not how they were treated for the COVID, which might be a little harder for me to get, but not impossible because I know I know all of these people. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, and I think, I think what, what it comes tomorrow, down to, so maybe she can give the, those results tomorrow, George. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, once once the information is gathered together, uh, we can definitely uh, update this uh, on tomorrow's broadcast, no doubt. Because um, I would be interested to know. I don't have the resources to to check it myself, so I I don't have you know the 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 unfortunately I don't have those kind of resources. I'm. I'm not like uh, you know savvy to who to talk to exactly or anything like that. But if anyone can come up with with the information and 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 bring it back to, on tomorrow night's broadcast, definitely please do so because uh, that's what this broadcast is all about: share, the sharing of information. Uh, the the fact that the fact that people uh, are having clotting issues in various places. Uh, it'd be interesting to find out just what is the treatment being used uh, most often, and what is the uh, the rate by which the, these folks are either recovering or or dying from as a result. And and I think it it, it begs the question: uh, What are they doing that's working? What are they doing that's not working? Why are the what, and and the biggest question I have. And I've been raising this question a lot: is why haven't why are they not willing to allow doctors to prescribe something that can potentially help, like hydroxychloroquine? <laughs> Tongue tied, hydroxychloroquine with, with zinc and, and of course other other medicines. Uh, if if doctors are finding that that works, you know, why not allow it to be to be used as a as a, a potential treatment? Uh, in this uh, coronavirus, 
because I think they are doing that, but it's not good for people who might have heart issues or potential heart issues. The one that starts with R is the one they're treating my friend with right now. Yes. Yeah, Redemsevere. And they couldn't, right. And that doesn't seem to be, I don't know if it's her underlying conditions. I don't know what it is. It's It doesn't seem to be helping her. And, of course, like you said, they can't give the the antibodies um, because it's not far. Only the president got those. Uh, the rest of us don't get to try that because it hasn't been it's not far along enough in the trials to be released so we don't have the same treatment the president does but like I said my what that is 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 a synthetic form of plasma like of people that have had COVID already like the guy who runs our network has had COVID twice and they're sucking his blood out of him like Dracula. He had to finally tell him he had to quit coming in for a while, giving this plasma, um, because it was he was feeling dizzy, you know, and lightheaded, starting to feel sick. He was giving so much plasma, and he might have had some hangover from having the COVID twice as far as fatigue you know being one of the symptoms who knows but their their blood has antibodies in it nobody knows how long the antibodies last for but they seem to have some efficacy and treatment which is true if you believe what they said about the president because the difference between the treatment that the president got and what my friend is getting right now is that she's not getting antibodies. She's just getting the right. um, restoratol. Let me uh let me put this uh on hold for just a moment. Nine two nine area code, go ahead. How big are her titties? You're done, goodbye. I didn't even hear them. <laughs> I guess it wasn't worth it. Okay. Was that a hillbilly? <laughs> that was a troll. Oh, I, I didn't me, even hear him. That's because he, he was going. He was starting to be a wise ass, and I cut him off. I, Good I job. Fast on the trigger, I, you are. Excellent. I I don't I don't play games. I recognize a voice real quick, and I recognize where it's going, and I cut it off. So I do too, me, but the guy talked like he had mush in his because... mouth anyway. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> let, let's let, let me get some uh, comments from Gunslinger. He's been he's he's been sitting back. Uh, quiet for a while and uh, I'd like to to get some thoughts from him on on, on what he's been hearing here uh, this, uh so far. So gunslinger. Well, <clears throat> that's a lot a lot of ground to cover there. Uh, one thing ah, you I can handle it. Oh, yeah, well, you know I can handle it. Hell, I carry a 357 back from my automobile. <laughs> but uh <laughs> you know 
with these with these masks and everything, you know, <laughs> if I would like I said, I'm not no risk taker. Hell, I wear I'll wear one. But you know, in reality, you know, if you have the COVID, it's not a mask. Not going to protect you. Okay, uh, it's just it's just not going to protect any anybody else from getting exposed. Is what I'm trying to say here, because you can go out there and you can document. It, is, it has been documented that if you if a person say the person had COVID or what whatever, and all of a sudden that person had to sneeze. Okay. Even with a mask on, with one of these masks on that you described earlier, a sneeze can be up to 100 miles per hour. Okay, they have measured a sneeze up to 100 miles per hour. Now, <laughs> that's a that's a lot of volume of air coming out of your fucking mouth. Okay, I don't know if you've ever been into a 100 mile per hour wind. I have standing behind an airplane hanging on to the tail hook because I wanted to see what it was like. I wanted to see what it was like being in a 100 mile an hour wind. Well, I found out. It ain't funny, okay? So, and this thing, this this COVID nineteen, it's it's a microscopic. It is it is very very well. It takes a microscope to see the damn thing. It's not like you can take a magnifying glass and hey, you little bastard, there you are. I'm gonna shoot your ass or piss on you one of the two, okay? You can take some of these masks there. You can hold them up to the to a white light and you can see through them, okay? How is that going to stop anything from going out or coming in? When it's when the thing you're trying to keep out is microscopic. Okay. Now, there's probably some mask out there like you know biohazard uh, things that you would wear with the respirator on the on the sides and all that shit. Now that'd probably keep it out. Okay, I don't I don't doubt that those those types would not keep the the COVID nineteen out. Uh, but a regular old cloth mask or a, or a handkerchief or or whatever, or your shirt tail, not going to do it, in or out. <clears throat> they make specialty masks, okay? One of those, you know, those respirator, respirator ones are specially designed for that. Face shields are specially designed for one purpose. I mean, it's just like, like, a, like, a, like a welding helmet. You've seen them, okay? They do two things. They're specifically designed to keep the fucking sparks off of you, okay? Because I know how to weld. And they have that little glass in there that is gold, and it reflects the ultraviolet light. If you looked at weld, you would be blinded by the light. You ever heard that expression, blinded by the light? Look at a weld for very long, and it will blind you, okay? But these special masks or helmets or whatever... They're specifically designed to prevent that. You know, like these big masks are, these big respirator masks and everything. Those are specifically designed to keep anything out, for that matter, okay? Biohazards, whatever. But a regular face mask, a regular cloth mask, uh, yeah, it looks good, uh, okay, right? And whatever, okay? But it, the down to the nitty-gritty, it's not going to keep that thing in or out.
them. Empty. Totally empty. Emergency rooms, empty. The emergency staff, not even wearing no glove, no no mask, no nothing. Don't, that, don't you find that kind of strange? I mean, this was just, you know, supposed to be a pandemic, everybody dropping dead all over the fucking place. Why weren't the emergency rooms, you know, around the block? People standing around the block. Something is really rotten with these numbers, okay? Now, I'm not saying that there's not actually a virus out there. Yes, and it's very deadly for people with underlying health uh, options or problems or whatever. Yeah, sure. But the numbers are not adding up. I mean, 200,000, they claim 200,000 people have died in the United States since this shit started. Okay? All right, well, and, and 8 million people infected, okay? What can I do? That goddamn virus in 2010, there were 60 million people infected. 60 million is a, is a, is a far cry from 8 million. Big big Wow, I don't know what that was, but it certainly was uh, I don't either. interesting. Alien. E.T. phone home. E.T. the busy signal. I think what he's saying about the masks is true, but I think that coupled with the social distancing was supposed to be the thing, because he's right. If you didn't wear a mask, then we would, instead of guessing six foot apart, because some of it would get caught in the mask, if you didn't have a mask, they'd probably be saying we should be 25 foot apart. The social distancing went along with the mask. That's what I was saying, that a lot of people thought because they had a mask on, that was going to be a panacea. So... They went to crowded places with a lot of people and were next. There was was no social distancing. I don't know. I I guess we'll see. I'm... I will feel bad for the people I haven't felt time with, spent time with, and the activities that I normally do every year that I didn't. It... Well, if one, this is all that, that, a hoax, I just don't believe that it is. It's happened before, and I don't know the answers any more than any of the doctors who are guessing. And it goes to show, just because all the doctors have a different opinion, it depends on what group of doctors you get well, together. You know, I listen to our local doctors, too. So you've got the president's team and the Democrat team and these guys you're talking about that get censored and the local team. We've got one of the centers that the first COVID patients on that ship got sent to um, a specific quarantine unit. Well, let me me just say this and then I want to move on to other... What's that gun? A lot of noise, Fans moving something. Nice no, I, I, there's no fans on. It over sounded here. like a whistle. It sounded like a loud whistle, is what it sounded like, and then we couldn't hear your voice at all. Now we can hear you. Hmm. Oh, man. Well, here, here's the thing. 
and I want to move on to, to other stuff uh, tonight uh, as well. Um, for me, I can't speak for anybody else, but for me, uh, while I don't believe the coronavirus is a hoax, I do believe that a lot of the uh, back and forth, uh, this one said this, and this one's saying do, don't do this, this one's saying you, gotta have, you, gotta, you, you have to do that, and this one says you, you have to do the other. Um, when it comes to, to, to the states mandating certain things, like mandating the wearing of masks and so forth, and the overreach that has happened as a result of it all, uh, you've, got, you've got people that are out there getting fined and in some cases thrown in jail because they didn't wear a mask. And it's like, wait a minute, hold the phone, back up the bus, Gus. You're going you're gonna to find someone in upwards of $1,000 because they didn't have a mask on? You're going to throw somebody in jail because they didn't have a mask on? You're going to do both because a person didn't have a mask on? This is, you think they'd really me, do that? They've done it. In some states, they've actually done it. And, and where this has happened is liberal-run states. And I was going to say, in really, ours, you know what it is? They say it's 25 bucks if you get caught without a mask, but the police don't enforce it, so it's nothing. But, but still, to, to even, even just find someone $25 for not wearing a mask, I mean, that, you make it sound like they've, they've broken the law. Okay. Now there yeah, are but they're not enforcing the yeah. it. Yeah, they're not enforcing right. it. And, and, and I'm glad that they're not. But the, the thing is, in other places where they are enforcing it, uh, you've got people scared to even walk out their front door to go to the store that may have breathing issues and can't wear a mask that are being confronted. You know, they're being targeted in, in, in this situation. And it's, it's very, very distressing to hear these kind of stories. I've been hearing it for months now. I've been seeing it on, uh, on, on the written pages uh, that I go to from well, time to time. Well, can't they get a note very... from their doctor? I mean, because of the metal I have in my head, I can't have an MRI, or it could suck the metal in my head out my forehead. So I have a thing that says I can't have an MRI you know, I mean, if they have a condition like that, their doctor's certainly going to know about it. They can't well, have a doctor's yeah, note I mean, they carry with them. One of the one of the obvious signs, you know, for someone with COPD or emphysema is they're wearing oxygen. Okay, well, yeah, if you've got then an oxygen tube stuck up your nose. <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty that's pretty self-explanatory. You know, but yeah, for anyone right. with asthma, you're yeah, right. they, they're like. I know of a couple of people that have asthma that got notes from their doctor to carry with them. And what they would have to do is they would have to make mass copies of that note because after a while, you know, the note deteriorates, you know, from wear and tear. So they have to have massive amounts of, of that letter. And even when they show, and it's, and it's got the doctor's letterhead, there are a lot of places that refuse to accept even a doctor's note. I, I, I heard of a, of, a, of a situation that happened at a Target store where they showed, where a friend of mine showed her letter from the doctor to the people at the store. Now, the, now the, the standing rule is with Target, 
if if they say they have a breathing issue, it ends right there, and they can go. They can still come into the store. But in some cases, Target associates have actually gone the extra mile and told people, well, if you don't have a mask on, you can't come in the store, even though they're wearing oxygen. And, 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 and my friend, who doesn't wear oxygen, obviously, but has asthma, she reached into her purse and pulled out all of her asthma medication, showed the letter that she, that she had from her doctor to show these people to prove that she had a breathing issue. And they used her entry even after that. And it had her so so upset that uh, she turned to her husband, and her husband's a lawyer. He took, the, he took it to task, and he said, look, you can either accept the letter from her doctor, or we can battle this in court. It's your choice. Ultimately, they let her, they let her in. Once a threat of legal action is taken, they take that very seriously, and they realize, oh, well, we can't do, we can't do this anymore. And later I found out it, the manager was completely unaware that associates were doing that to people in, the, in that extreme. So it, it, there, there, there's a lot of fear surrounding it. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of issues surrounding it. You know, when it comes to the, the, the mask wearing, especially. So I firmly believe that even after all these months, if if for nothing else, you would think that somebody would actually sit down with all of these doctors, all of these medical professionals, people who are saying that masks don't work, people that say that masks do work, and sit them all down together in one big conference and, and, and have them put their cards on the table, put their evidence on the table, all their studies, all their research, all their patients that, that they talk about, people that have, that have uh, recovered from coronavirus, whether it be on their own without medicine or those who have done it with medicine, whatever the case is, Get them together. Get, them, get these doctors and, and, and nurses and medical specialists together and say, look, we, we all have different opinions about this. Let's put our cards on the table, all, our, all the information, all the facts we have on this. And ultimately, something has to give. Something has to, to give in, in respects to a more definitive answer than guesswork. Because, unfortunately, we're getting guesswork from the CDC. We're getting mm-hmm. guesswork from the World Health Organization, which I don't trust as far as I can throw it. And that ain't very far at all. And, ultimately, we're getting mixed information from even Dr. Anthony Fauci. Okay? So, if they did this, it would be a start toward having some, more, some sort of a more definitive Response: a more definitive answer than just guesswork. Okay, that's that's, that's the way I. That's true, but they don't know. They they don't know, or they wouldn't be guessing. But I do like your idea. It'd be interesting because they all look at it a little different. They they come at it from different approaches, different aspects, yeah, uh, different uh, treatments, and so forth. So 
by by doing this, I firmly believe that there is, you know, there is a necessity for this kind of massive sit-down conference. And if there and if no one is is proposing that, if no one's willing to do that, then all we're going to be inundated with is, well, this might work and this might work, and and and, and of course, the vaccines that they keep talking about. Let me tell you something right now. I opted not to get my flu shot this year. Seriously, I did. Because the flu shot, mostly four or five different uh, versions of the flu, different uh, strains, are used to make that, that flu shot. And every year it's the same thing. I'll get the flu shot, and within weeks I will end up with a strain of the flu that didn't get covered by that damn flu shot. So I turned to my doctor and I said, you know what, to hell with the damn flu shot this year. Because uh, look what happens every year, the same thing. And my doctor just looked at me and said, George, I understand your, your, your feelings about this, and I, I see why you feel the way you do. I'm not going to force you to get it because I can't do that. But I would encourage you to think about it at least. You know, I said, I have thought about it, and it's just a waste of time to me to get that shot, and then within a week or two, I'm coming down with, with a strain of the flu that this shot didn't cover. So what, what good did it do me? Seriously, what good did that flu shot really do me? And she's, she just sat there shaking her head. You know, she, she, didn't, she had no, no way to answer it, which was the best answer she could give. And I respect her for that. Well, folks... We've been going on about this uh, for the better part of the, the, the whole show, and, and while the information and everything is, you know, is great and, and we've had a great discussion on it, but there are other things happening in, in, the, in the world right now, and especially close to home uh, with the, uh, the elections just less than two weeks away. Uh, the, uh, the, the, what is now being called the second debate rather than the third debate is due to happen this Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. I'm, you know something? Uh, I said, if they did the same exact thing with the second presidential debate, rather than cancel it, you know, put up the plexiglass partitions, distance them a little further out, and so forth, I think it would have it would have gone a long way toward both parties uh, coming together, but in hindsight, after what Steve Scully went and pulled, and I, I want to bring I'm going to bring that up right now. Uh, I'm, I'm going to show that part of it. Um, Because this also goes with what I'm talking about here. Hello, Iggy Mom. Good to see you, dear. Hope all is well. Iggy Mom is watching by way of D Live. Um, so let me um, try and pull this up here. Uh, ding! Ah, I worked. Good. This is the for those of you watching on the video platforms, and I'll be reading it, of course, for the for those on the radio side. 
is the itinerary or questions that will be raised by Kristen Welker, who is the moderator for the October 22nd presidential debate. These are the topics that uh, were selected by her for this. Uh, the subject to possible changes because of news developments, the topics are as follows, not necessarily to be brought up in this order. Fighting COVID-19, American families, race in America, climate change, national security, and, of course, leadership. Now, the debate will be held on Thursday, October 22nd at the Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee, Uh, The debate will start at 9 p.m. Eastern Time and run for 90 minutes without commercial interruption. Firefox News Online will carry the debate live on its video platforms and on Mixler.com. We will not be on Blog Talk Radio that night uh, due to this fact, uh, as I have pointed out many times previous uh, for this Mm -hmm. debate. Uh, we, We will offer the conference call HD phone line service to call in with. And those of you who are on my Skype list will be uh, brought on via Skype uh, for, for, e- for a quicker, easier reference. So if I have you on Skype, I can bring you on much quicker that way. Uh, so there's, there's that. Now, <clears throat> having said that, um, there is, of course, with the second debate, with the, the – now, no longer a second debate, but a defunct debate. Defunct? Is that the best way to put it? I guess it is. <laughs> uh, Steve, Scull- Steve Scully, who was to have been the moderator for the then uh, second debate, uh, put out the following statement. For several weeks, I was, sub- I was subjected to relentless criticism on social media and in conservative news outlets regarding my role as moderator for the second presidential debate, including attacks aimed directly at my family. This culminated on Thursday, October 8th, when I heard President Trump go on national television twice and falsely attack me by name. Out of frustration, I spent a brief tweet addressed to Anthony Scarmucci, The next morning, when I saw that this tweet had created a new controversy, I falsely claimed that my Twitter account had been hacked. These were both errors in judgment for which I am totally responsible. I apologize. These actions have let down a lot of people, including my colleagues at C-SPAN, where I have worked for the past 30 years, professional colleagues in the media, and the team at the Commission on Presidential Debates. I ask for their forgiveness as I try to move forward in a moment of reflection and disappointment in myself. Now, in a statement from C-SPAN, his employer, it stated the following. Steve Scully made made us and the Commission aware of this new information late Wednesday, October 14th. By not being immediately forthcoming to C-SPAN and the commission about his tweet, he understands that he made a serious mistake. We were very saddened by this news and do not condone his actions. 
During his 30 years at C-SPAN, Steve consistently demonstrated his fairness and professionalism as a journalist. He has built a reservoir of goodwill among those he has interviewed, fellow journalists, our viewers, and with us. Starting immediately, we have placed Steve on administrative leave. After some distance from this episode, we believe in his ability to continue to contribute to C-SPAN. Now, having said that, in light of this, the Commission on Presidential Debates has put out the following. This is the following that I have on this. Debate Commission says it will mute Trump, Biden, while opponent talks. The Commission on Presidential Debates will mute President Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden during the two-minute response times allotted to their opponents for commenting on topics during Thursday's debate in Nashville. The Commission said in a statement that it had determined <coughs> excuse me, that it is appropriate to adopt measures intended to promote adherence to agreed-upon rules and inappropriate to make changes to those rules. Also included in the debate will be an open discussion forum that won't include the mute option. Thursday's debate will consist of six 15-minute segments, totaling 90 minutes in all, as in the first debate. Trump's and Biden's initial debate was widely panned as both candidates faced backlash for their behavior. The two candidates skipped the second presidential debate after Trump was diagnosed with the novel coronavirus and declined to participate in a virtual format. Announced on Monday, the new rule drew scrutiny from the Trump campaign, which urged the commission earlier in the day to include more discussion of foreign policy in the next debate. President Trump is committed to debating Joe Biden regardless of last-minute rule changes from the biased commission in their latest attempt to provide advantage to their favored candidate, read a statement from campaign manager Bill Stepien. In a letter, Stepien had accused the commission of adding to a broader pattern of pro-Biden antics with its choice of topics. The upcoming debate topics, including included fighting coronavirus, excuse me, COVID-19, American families, national security, leadership, climate change, and race in America. The commission did not immediately respond to news outlets' request for comment. The Biden campaign responded to Stepien's letter by suggesting he was lying. The campaigns and the commission agreed months ago that the debate moderator would choose the topics. National Press Secretary T.J. Ducklow said in a statement, the Trump campaign is lying about that now because Donald Trump is afraid to face more questions about his disastrous COVID response. As usual, the president is more concerned with the rules of a debate than he is getting a nation in crisis the help it needs. But 
Ali Pardo, Deputy, Commission, Deputy Communications Director for the Trump campaign, said that over the past several months, the Commission on Presidential Debates verbally confirmed on multiple occasions that the third debate would have a foreign policy focus. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat from New York, previously suggested a mute button would be necessary for another debate to take place. Maybe we should give the moderator a mute button, given how President Trump just interrupts at will, Schumer said a day after the first debate. And the rules and the commission has got to get a lot tougher. But his counterpart in the House, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, Republican from California, argued a mute button gave the moderator too much power. If you are, do, if you are going to run for the, for the free leader of this world, we want to hear what you have to say. But now we're going to allow one person to moderate it to determine what the American people can hear from our candidates, he previously said on Fox News Channel's Fox and Friends. My personal feeling is, okay, you want to throw up a mute button. Let's see how many times Donald Trump, our president, is muted and how many times Biden is muted. I have a funny feeling that Biden's going to get muted less and Trump more. Also, bear in mind that the moderator for this debate, Kristen Welker, And, and, I, and I shudder to have to bring this up, but this moderator for, the, for this debate is dis, was discovered to have Democrat ties. No surprise to me, however. But according to One American News Network, which I attribute, which I give credit to this for this story, uh, said on Sunday, <clears throat> new concerns have emerged regarding the next debate moderator. Kristen Welker, and her alleged ties to the Democrat Party. Reports about the moderator's alleged Democrat bias broke in recent days, prompting outrage from supporters of the president. This came several days after the second debate moderator, Steve Scully, was also discovered to have a significant left-leaning bias. Despite this news, President Trump appears to be unfazed by these reports, in a tweet Saturday, the president called her a fake reporter, though he vowed to still play the game. She always, this is the tweet from President Trump, she always, she's always been terrible and unfair, just like most of the fake news reporters. But I'll still play the game. People know. How's Steve Scully doing? Now, the 44-year-old has been an NBC White House correspondent since 2011, where she gained a reputation for being a tough questioner. Notably, it was discovered Welker was a registered Democrat in Washington, D.C., as recently as 2012. Her family has historically given thousands of dollars to Democrat candidates, including Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and even Joe Biden. 
Supporters of the president believe hard questioning from previous moderators could repeat itself this week. Despite her potential bias, Welker is set to host the final presidential debate in Nashville, Tennessee on Thursday. Now, I said this after the first debate, and it looks like we lost uh, both Kim and uh, Suzette on the on the line. Um, Gunslinger, I said this after the first debate. In in my opinion, and I'm going to throw up the uh, on the video platform uh, the list of topics uh, one more time uh, for people to see. Uh, it's been my experience that when you have a bias moderator, and you continually put bias moderators up there. Their, their reason for being there is to prop up the other, one candidate over the other. In this context, they're trying to prop up Joe Biden. Chris Wallace pretty much debated President Trump. He was a third debater. But he, in his, with his actions, he propped up Joe Biden. Steve Scully proved he cannot be trusted as a moderator based on his, on his statements and his actions. Kristen Welker is a reporter for NBC News. As pointed out, she is a White House correspondent. So what I find distasteful is the full-on bias by this commission. Now, if, if for nothing else, they should select moderators that have no political leanings left or right, that do not work for news organizations. And if they do work for a news organization, they must adhere to guidelines for a moderator that basically they, they, they will agree to completely leave their bias at the door. And if they can't do that, then they, have no, they will not be allowed to moderate. This is something that should have been done a long time ago, before the first debate even hit. So my, my guess at this point is, come Thursday, we're going to see a lot of fireworks. Now, again, ladies and gentlemen, Firefox News Online will be carrying the debates, as always, live on the video platforms and Mixler. Uh, we will have the uh, HD conference call line available after the debate, <laughs> tongue-tied, following the debate. It will not be available until after the debate is over. And all of you who are on my Skype list, uh, will be brought on via Skype directly. Uh, I'm keeping the HD conference call line open to those who are not on my Skype list and, and wish to join the, the discussions that will ensue following the debate. So, Gunslinger, 
we have an NBC News reporter who, uh, whose obvious bias is as plain as the nose on my face. How does this, in your, in your opinion, how does this bode for President Trump? And given the fact that they want to, they're going to mute a candidate's microphone during the two minute, the, the initial two minutes. What is your your overall assessment? Well, it's a it's kind of like a wait and see game, but based upon evidence, which I always base my logical conclusions on. Being that the moderator is a Democrat, demo rat, <laughs> okay, it's already, you said it, it's already proven, okay, and you know that the left party wants to win their Democratic person, Sleepy Joe, why in God's name, I have no idea, um, that, that person's going to lean toward Joe Biden, you know he is, okay, she, he, whoever. Um, my old saying goes, and it's perfectly good to this hour, birds of a feather flock together, don't they? Okay. Maybe if it was a Republican or conservative moderating, he might, or she might lean toward President Trump. It just depends. It goes both ways. Okay. But based upon what the Democrats have done so far, you probably wait and see, uh, Trump's probably going to get muted more than his fair share, okay, coming from from that Democratic mod, moderator, okay? Will President Trump put up with that? Oh, I don't know. He has a right to say, hold it. What they should do is they should extend the uh, debates a little bit longer. I mean, what is it, 90 minutes? That's an hour and a half. Extend it to two hours, two and a half hours. And let him really get in there, okay? Because the previous debates... They wanted to say something in conclusion, but they run out, what is it, a minute, minute and a half or whatever. It's not a very long time to to express a view of a very important view for that matter in a situation like that. Well, uh, Gunslinger, I, I remember watching presidential debates in the past, and they used to go for two hours. These debates are only an hour and a half long. Okay, I agree with you. They they don't give the candidates uh, the opportunity to make that final statement, that final comment. Uh, we had seen it in previous debates. Uh, we saw it during the presidential debates. God, dating back to uh, to to Nixon, Ford. Carter, the works. I mean, come on, man. This is not rocket science. What is it that changed over the decades to to even warrant this? You know, I mean, it's just mind-boggling. But I don't know. This commission on presidential debates sounds more left-leaning than than not, and. I, I, I'm I sorry, but I don't trust the Commission on Presidential Debates to be fair. And I don't trust Kristen Welker to be fair in, uh, you know, let's face it, 
I, I suspect Biden will get muted less and Trump more, as I said. Um, but that's just a, uh, a guess on my part. But based on, on, pre, on bias actions of the first debate moderator, if, if, um, if Chris Wallace had the ability to mute mics, he would have muted Trump a lot more than uh, Biden, I think. So do I do I think this idea of muting their mics is a good idea? Hell no. But at the same time, I think if you're going to do that, it has to be even-handed. Okay? It has to be even-handed. It has to be fair. Um, because I'll tell you what, the American people especially many of Trump's supporters, are going to look at that and they're going to go, hold the phone here, wait a minute. Welker muted Trump far more than, than Biden. That shows a clear bias on the moderator's part. How is this fair? You know, we've, we've said on, the, on this broadcast, Gunslinger, many times, you know, that the, the Democrats cannot be trusted. The left cannot be trusted. They are willing to try anything and everything to get Trump out of there. So when you have a a liberal machine like the Commission on Presidential Debates, I'm sorry. I have a feeling they're taking their marching orders from the DNC. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I'm sure they are taking their marching orders from the DMC. You know, you know how corrupt them bastards are. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's going to be interesting. And they, like I said, what happened to the two hours? Give them two hours and thirty minutes. I think that either side should be given the opportunity, even though Biden's going to lose, or no doubt about that, to say, you know, to finish their finish their what they were saying. But when you get when you cut somebody off in midstream, as the old saying goes, I mean that's not really fair. Okay, and President Trump was cut off a number of times on good subjects too. He was cutting Biden down, rightfully so, because that's what that little snake in the grass has done. So you know, we'll see coming up. What'd you say, Thursday? I think it was. Yeah, be interesting. It might be interesting. Well, one of the things that I think, um, one of the topics that I think could replace climate change is foreign policy. One one of the, the one of the topics that I feel could replace even um, and I'm putting the, the for those of you watching on the screen um, the um, one of the topics that could uh, replace uh, Because we've heard about fighting COVID-19, ad nauseum. Yes, keep these topics together, but replace climate change with foreign policy and add a topic of uh, instead of leadership, put in the economy. Because obviously, those are two subjects that need to, that should that really should be dis, uh, discussed and covered. 
in this debate. So take out climate change and replace it with foreign policy. Take out leadership and replace it with the economy. Because in those two topics comes the leadership aspect. So leadership would be covered in, in, in two topics, not just one. What do you think? Well, yeah, that yeah, that would definitely be a good idea. Um, they need to do something. I mean, because like I said just a few minutes ago, you know, each side's got to get you know put the put the cards on the table. Of course, Trump has more cards that he put on the table than Biden does. Obvious, because what has slow sleepy Joe done? I mean, like I said, he's even said it many times now. In his 47 months compared to his 47 years, you can't compare it. There's just no comparison. Yeah, exactly. Now, one of the things that's come up in the news uh, of late, and I want to get to that, uh, is, of course, that computer, that laptop computer that was dropped off to a, um, to a computer store. Well, guess what? There's something about that as well, and I'll get to it in just a second. I've got to wait for this um, video to kick in so I can stop it. There we go. Thank you. Goodbye. Now, according to the information I have here, documents show alleged Hunter Biden signature. FBI contacts with computer repair store owner. Now, check this out. And get it to open back in reader mode here. Documents, and this is from Fox News, and, I, and I'm going to stress, I can't stress this enough, I, I, I offer the, what they're putting out there uh, for you to digest and take it as you see fit. But documents obtained by Fox News Channel appeared to show Hunter Biden's signature on paperwork from the Delaware computer repair shop where the former vice president's son reportedly dropped off a laptop that included emails related to his overseas business dealings. The document, allegedly signed by Biden, details repair work that was to be performed on three MacBook Pro laptops at the Mac shop in Wilmington, Delaware. Aside from the signature, the paperwork notes Biden's name in the Bill 2 section for a cost of $85. Now, according to Fox News, they were not, uh, they were not able to verify that the signature is indeed Biden's. Additional documents obtained by the news outlet include FBI paperwork that details the Bureau's interactions with John Paul Mac Isaac, 
the owner of the Mac shop, who reported the laptop's contents to authorities as first reported by the New York Post. Isaac received a subpoena to testify before U.S. District Court in Delaware on, on December 9, 2019, the documents show. One page shows, that, shows what appears to be serial numbers for a laptop and hard drive taken into possession. So far, the FBI and Delaware's U.S. Attorney's Office have declined to publicly comment on the situation. Biden's overseas business dealings have been under renewed scrutiny since last week when the New York Post published emails purportedly exchanged between Biden and associates in China and Ukraine. One email dated May 13th of 2017 and obtained by the news outlet includes a discussion of remuneration packages for six people in a business deal with a now bankrupt CEFC China China Energy Company. The email appeared to identify Hunter Biden as chair slash vice chair, depending on agreement with CEFC. The email includes a note that Hunter has some office expectations. He will elaborate a proposed equity split references 20 for H and 10 held by H for the big guy with no further details. Now, the news outlet spoke to one of the people who was copied on the email who confirmed its authenticity. The sources told the news outlet that the big guy is a reference to former Vice President Joe Biden. Now, the Biden campaign has denied that Joe Biden or Hunter Biden engaged in any wrongdoing. Investigations by the press during impeachment and even by two Republican-led Senate committees whose work has decried as not legitimate and political by a GOP colleague have all reached the same conclusion that Joe Biden carried out official U.S. policy toward Ukraine and engaged in no wrongdoing. Trump administration officials have attested to these facts under oath. Biden campaign spokesman Andrew Bates said in a statement, Hmm. The question becomes, how much of this is going to affect Biden's uh, election uh, processes going forward? And will it have the negative effect that some I've spoken with feel it will have on Joe Biden as a whole? Good. Well, I'm sure they'll have quite a bit. I mean, that only, that's only going to prove that what the dirty dealings that him and his dad had, probably still do for that matter, okay? I mean, 
it's just like the old saying goes with him, with Hunter Biden. He's the only crackhead that's got a million dollars in his checking account. How does a crackhead get a million dollars in his checking account? Hmm? Yeah, I'd, like, I'd like to know that. Okay. Make uh, good sense, don't it? So, you know, slip of the lip will sink a ship, won't it? Okay? And the ship's already sinking because what they're involved in is criminality. There's no doubt about that. I don't care who it's with. Okay? What they're doing is criminal. And I think we have criminal laws in this country, supposedly. But we'll see if they go to jail. Well, time will tell. Time will definitely tell. Well, that will conclude this edition of Firefox News Online here on the multiple broadcasting platforms used by the Firefox News Online Internet Broadcasting Network. I want to thank my uh, guests tonight, which include Suzette, Kim, and Gunslinger, and, of course, watching by way of DLive, Iggy Mom. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. And, of course, all of you watching and listening in archives. I want to apologize to my Blog Talk Radio uh, listeners in general for the slight delay in getting Blog Talk Radio started. That was my fault. Uh, but you got the entire broadcast, just short, just the, um, not all of the intro. So be that as it may, stuff does happen in live broadcasting. We will return at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 Central, and 7 Pacific Time for the Tuesday night edition, where we will do this all over again. And reminder, Firefox News Online will carry the presidential debate starting at 8.55 p.m. Eastern Time and immediately following the conclusion of the debate, we will have discussion on what we've seen and heard from the candidates. And we'll also get to see just how fair Kristen Welker will truly be, if at all. And I sincerely doubt that she will. For the comments I've made, that's the way it is from my perspective. I'm George Sinzer. Thank you for tuning in to Firefox News Online. Fair, balanced, and always responsible. Thank you for tuning in to Firefox News Online. Firefox News Online is a production of Firefox News Online Productions. Any rebroadcast, transcript, either in whole or in part, without the express written permission of Firefox News Online Productions and its owner, is expressly forbidden. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Send your comments to us by writing comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. That's comments at firefoxnewsonline.com. Also, if you have any stories or topic ideas you'd like to share with us, send them to WeReport at firefoxnewsonline.com. That's WeReport at firefoxnewsonline.com. And be sure to check facebook.com slash FFNOIBN. That's facebook.com slash FFNOIBN. For the links to the live broadcasts of Firefox News Online on the Firefox News Online Internet Broadcasting Network. Be sure to use hashtag FFNOP. That's hashtag FFNOP. To trend this broadcast and all Firefox News Online broadcasts globally on social media. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next edition. So let it be written. So let it be done.